This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. If you remember last time, the uh, section that we're in in 1 Samuel chapter 14 in the Heavenly Authority series, we're looking at the kingship of Saul. And we said that this section could be subtopiced Saul, a warning to those in leadership. The last time, the Philistines have come out into central Israel, uh, as numerous as the Bible says, as the sand on the seashore, in number. They were a multitude with horses and chariots. And the people of Israel become distressed. They become fearful. They hide in the caves. They hide in the holes and the pits. Some of them go and they cross over the Jordan uh, to Gad and to Gilead to flee this massive number of people as though all of the Philistines have come out and occupied central Palestine. And Saul is left with only 600 men in Gibeah. And the Philistines proceed then to send out raiding parties from their location that they take over the garrison in Michmash. They send out to the north and the east and the west to take over all of Israel. And we're also told that the Israelites had no blacksmiths, so they really have no weapons. As far as swords and spears, only Jonathan and Saul have anything to speak of in the way of good weaponry, swords and spears. In the seemingly insurmountable odds against them, in the, the moment that it seems like nothing right can happen, the people are fearful, the enemy is overwhelming, the odds are insurmountable. We saw last time how Jonathan and his loyal young armor-bearer, in faith, in the power of the Lord, crosses over the pass to the Philistine garrison at Michmash, and they climb up on their hands and their knees. A terrible uphill battle an impossible battle, trusting in the Lord. And they kill about 20 men in a very short area. And with that report, that 20 Philistines are killed, there's a fear that God sends throughout the whole camp of the Philistines in Michmash. And most likely, it seems that God sends an earthquake to increase the terror, to send a panic among this large number of troops. We pick up in verse 15, we read last time of chapter 14, and there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled. So the report is going out, even from the garrison to the raiding parties, and everyone is trembling, and the earth quaked, so that it was a very great trembling. And this panic, the spirit of panic sent upon the Philistines. Then we read in verse 16. Now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, 
And there was the multitude melting away. And they went here and there. So they just they scattered like sheep. And they're running away. And it's, it's so visible that the disturbance is seen over in Gibeah. The watchmen of Saul can see it. And they see the men fleeing. Verse 17, Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who has gone from us. He didn't send anybody out. And when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. So he's trying to figure out what happens, and he finds out that the only two people missing are Jonathan and his young armor-bearer. Verse 18, And Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the ark of God here. For at that time the ark of God was with the children of Israel. Now some, some translations will say ephod, but most of them say the ark of God was there. If you remember back in verse 3, it said that Ahijah, that Ahijah the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod, uh, but the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. So with Saul now, at this point, are the descendants of Eli, the priests, the Levitical priests, the Aaronical priests, and they have the ephod. Remember, the ephod has the Urim and the Thummim, the light and the perfection, the gems or stones that they carried in the pockets of the ephod, the vest, to determine God's will on certain matters. And it seems they have the ark also. The ark has been taken out. And Saul, wanting to know what's going on, says, bring the ark of God here. So most likely Saul is looking for the priest to consult the Lord on what's going on. What should we do? And obviously we know that there's an anointing upon the ark itself, that God's presence came upon it, and in the days of Moses, in the days of Joshua, it would mean victory for the Israelites when they would carry the ark out in battle, as you know in Jericho, when the walls of Jericho came down. But even so, in the first battle we read about against the Philistines, when there was still a tabernacle in Shiloh, before Samuel came out as a judge and he was still ministering with Eli and the sons over in Shiloh, when they went into that battle near Ebenezer and they brought the ark out, it was defeat, right? And the Philistines captured the ark, and it took a while for the ark to come back because they went out in their flesh. They did not go out under the anointing of God's Spirit. They went out in sin, and they saw the ark as some magical weapon to use, and they didn't recognize the one true God who gives the anointing upon the ark. And so the ark was not of value to them in that battle, and they lost many people and the ark was taken into captivity, which also meant a lot of problems as we studied for the Philistine cities. So the ark has been brought back out now from storage. And Saul wants to consult. He wants to know what the Lord wants him to do. He wants to have the ark there for the battle. And it's good that Saul wants to consult the Lord. It's good that he wants to have this sign, the ark of the covenant, of God's covenant with Israel, a sign of God's anointing and God's blessing upon Israel. Because it's only by the power of God that they can stand. And it's good that he has the legitimate Levitical priest there, 
that he's not trying to be a priest by himself as he did over at Gilgal. But look what happens in verse 19. Now it happened when Saul talked to the priest, they're bringing the ark out, they got the ephod on, they're ready for that event where the presence of God comes down, and through the Urim and the Thummim, they're able to find out what God's will is. Do we go into battle? What's happening? Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. God is doing a work here all by himself. The catalyst was Jonathan and the armor bearer, two men on an uphill battle across a pass. And now it's just spreading and they're in chaos. God doesn't even need Saul, right? He's doing this all by himself and they hear the sound of it and the noise of the Philistines camp and continue to increase. And it says, so Saul said to the priest, withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled and they went to battle and indeed, every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was very great confusion. Withdraw your hand, he tells them. It was good he wanted to consult God, but now he says, don't consult God now. Basically saying, there's no time for that. Listen to the sound. We don't have time for this ephod thing, this Urim and Thummim. We don't have time to seek the Lord. Listen to the sound in the camp. And what starts as a good idea to get the Lord's blessing, the Lord's word first, there's the impatience of Saul all over again. He stops it because the sound is so great, he's just got to go out quickly by himself. It's right that Saul wants to lead them into the proper battle, that he wants to be part of what's going on against the Philistines. That's the right motive. And it's a right battle. But there's always time to consult God. There's always time to give a few minutes to God. He couldn't even wait a few minutes to hear what the Lord had to say, if anything. There's always time to let God be a part of any battle that we're in, to include him. He should be first, he should be foremost, because no battle will be successful without him. There's always time to consult God. And remember, we're speaking about Saul as a warning to leaders. And this is a warning to those in Christian leadership. We have here again the impatience of Saul that was displayed at Gilgal. We just couldn't wait those few more moments, and there's Samuel coming to offer the sacrifice, and he sins He's irreverent, he's disobedient, and he sins against God by offering the sacrifice himself. Impatience leads to irreverence. Withdraw your hand. He's basically saying God has no place in this. God has no say in it. Because he's seen the noise is so great we got to go into battle. Impatience leads to irreverence. He's keeping God out of the picture. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We wait upon the Lord. We're called to wait upon Him and to go in Him. There's always time 
to consult the Lord. And impatience can be a terrible thing in Christian leadership. It's all too easy to get caught up in the emotions of the moment, the crisis of the moment, what seems so important to do at that particular moment, the increased noise and it's even more so as churches grow in size and there's more things going on and that drone and that noise is so easy to be caught up in what it seems right to do and probably is right to do. Maybe we're supposed to do it. I'm confident that the Lord would have told Saul to join in the battle. Obviously he's blessing Jonathan and the armor bearer. Why would he not send Saul and the troops in also? to finish what he started. It's all too easy to be caught up even what we should do that we don't include God in the process. It is always a source of joy to hear from our radio listeners. So if you have any comments on today's study, please send them along to us. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane, just off Route 1. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of A Remnant Shall Return, which in Hebrew is Shi'ar Jeshub.